welcome to this week's episode of Metaspiritual Talk on the Metaspiritualist Podcast. I'm your host, Marla, and through today's journey, we have the pleasure of sitting with Tia Thierry, affectionately known as the Oracle Coach and the Spiritual Jukebox. Tia is a spiritual coach, Reiki master, personal development educator, channeler, and a plethora of other spiritual gifts and abilities. Tia is also a published author who has recently released their book titled The Authentic Self, Bridging the Gap Between Selves, which has a workbook companion along with Transform Me Moon. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. So sit back and take a listen. This episode is sponsored by New Media Film Festival. Introducing their newest category, Faith and Family. This category highlights stories that are faith-based and or family-friendly. To learn more about this category and more, visit www.newmediafilmfestival.com. The Metaspiritualist is guided by the creator of the universe through prayer, meditation, and sound healing. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the Metaspiritualist. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing really, really good. Feeling great. Feeling amazing and divine. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, to kick it off, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and um, what brought you to this conjunction of your spiritual journey? Well, I am an astrologist. I'm a psychic. I am the oracle coach because I'm a coach and I use oracle divination to coach my clients. Mm -hmm. And I'm from Minnesota. I've lived here my almost my whole life. I lived in Illinois for a while, but I've been here for most of the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and you asked what off my journey. Yes. I've been to Vegas and I've been to New York. I haven't been many places. I've been to Wisconsin and Illinois, like I said, Michigan, um, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last question was um what what brought you here? to this conjunction in your spiritual journey? And then we'll go into the other questions. Um, What brought me to my spiritual journey was back in 2019, I had an ex who had root work done on me. (laughs) And I know that's like crazy, right? But it's true. He had root work done on me and it propelled me into my spiritual journey. Like all types of things started maneuvering and shifting in my life. And it led me to spirituality. I was actually a Christian and I was following this lady. Um, She was a prophetess. Mm-hmm. And I was like really into her. And I remember my spiritual mother was like something about her that just doesn't seem right. And my my spiritual mother was a prophetess too. So she was picking up on energy mm-hmm. and I didn't pick up on it, but it ended up coming out that she was a witch. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's and, interesting, actually. Right? Like it was so crazy, but she had a million followers, Christian followers. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the time frame, it was like a two month time period between when she was a witch and when she started being prophetess and she got a million followers. And I was, I was impressed. Uh-huh. <laughs> In the spiritual community, like, the word witch or witchcraft doesn't have a negative connotation on it. Right. So would right. We, it, you know, only, only in the religious sector do we find that it's like taboo or it's bad. Yeah. Um, 
like when I first came out that I was a witch, a lot of people were really scared. <laughs> really? Every time I would say it, people, people would be so nervous. They would be like, okay, well, don't hex me. Like the first thing they think of is somebody hexing them or doing something evil to them. And I'm like, I'm a healer. I am a Reiki master. I am a spiritualist. I am a guide and I'm here to help, not to hurt. I'm an alchemist. I'm a magician. (laughs) Right, right. So you mentioned Christianity. What what was your your upbringing like? Like, how did you navigate um, spirituality or religion as you were growing up? Um, growing up, I grew up as a Christian Baptist or Baptist Christian, however you say it. <laughs> um, my mom raised me that way. She was always in her Bible. She was always praying. We went to church and that's how I grew up. So at 16, I went into my own journey of learning the Bible and praying and how to do prayer And I realized, you know, my mom wasn't very religious. She was very spiritual. Mm. She just, you know, was a Christian. And I was the same way. And so at 19, I got saved. I believed on Jesus. I believed in Yahweh, (laughs) you know. And I was always, I found my church homes, different church homes. And I spent a lot of time in the church. I was a prophetess. I would make posts and I would say, you know, I'm going to pray for you. And if God gives me a message for you, I'm going to give it to you. So I would do the same work that I'm doing now as a tarot reader and a psychic. But I was a prophetess and I was very spiritual because and not religious. I even remember I had a blog and I wrote a blog called I'm Not Religious because I never went by the church's rules. The church did not like me for real because mm-hmm. I was very um considered rebellious. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like my up uh, my upbringing like I watched my mom, you know, do her own thing mm-hmm. and follow spirit and I follow spirit as well. And I follow spirit right to this lady who happened to be a prophetess and a witch. Like, it just was so, to me, it was a setup by spirit for me to run into this lady and me to fall under her wing the way that I did. And I actually appreciate her. I don't have, you know, at first I would, I felt betrayed because what? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know? And, I actually learned a lot. I started tapping into witchcraft and spirituality and different things. And I learned about Reiki was one of the first things that I learned about. Mm -hmm. And I realized that in my spiritual journey as a Christian, I had been doing Reiki the whole time. I had been doing energy work with prayer and I just didn't know what I was doing. And you were, you were laying, laying the hands on, laying your hands on people to heal them, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. So (laughs) I remember one time, (laughs) I remember one time I was praying for my friend and I was speaking other tongues, which now I realize I still speak other tongues and we call it, um, light language and spirituality Mm -hmm. but in the christian community you call it speaking in other tongues and i was speaking in other tongues and i was laying my hands on her stomach and she had like a um hemorrhaging in her stomach and i remember her just like falling and she was heavier than me heavier than me and i i caught her Wow. It was like angels were behind me, helping me to lay her down gently so she didn't just fall. And like she told me that she could feel movement and shifting in her body. 
I felt heat in my hands as I like would lay my hands on certain parts of my body to heal pain and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I've always had like Reiki behind me or energy work behind me, my own energetic healing processes. <laughs> we have a lot of similarities. Like as you're telling your story, I'm like, dang, that sounds that sounds a lot like me. Because <laughs> wow. I was raised at 19 too, and and became a Bible thumper, and you know, pushed some folks away, and it was it was an interesting time period because that you know you're entering into your young adulthood, and you're really learning about who you are mm-hmm. as an individual, and. I think that when you said that you were saved at 19, it took me back to that time period. So what was that like for you? Like, how did you navigate friendships and relationships when you decided to really fully throw yourself into the church? Uh, A lot of people got cut off for me, too. (laughs) Like, I don't regret it because those people weren't good. When I look at spirituality and the church and compare Mm -hmm. them, I always think the Bible is just basic instructions before leaving earth is what it is supposed to mean, right? Mm -hmm. I really feel like it's basic stuff that you should be doing anyway, for the most part. Not everything. I mean, obviously, the Bible says not to do witchcraft and... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Things like that. But there are some things that you can take with you that can really help you and assist you in your spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it wasn't for that part of my journey, I wouldn't have recognized so many things like about speech and how I talk um, life and death being the power of our own tongue. Like that's really important because when I remember um I don't know if I'm, I'm getting off task, but I remember no, it's okay. in 2019, mm-hmm. um, I was always broke, <laughs> mm. always broke, you know, and like I would have pennies and dimes to my name and I was homeless. And I just remember I always used to be like, I'm broke. I ain't got no money and all this other stuff. I would use that language. And one day, I don't know what happened, what changed, what brought about this change. But I just thought, I don't want to be broke anymore. And life and death is in the power of my tongue. So I'm going to stop saying that, even when I'm broke. So I started saying I'm low on funds. And I started being low on funds. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I don't want to be low on funds either. (laughs) So... (laughs) started saying I'm in between blessings and that changed my life wow I remember I started saying I'm financially free and I have been financially free ever since like it's almost like I spend money and then it comes right back to me so it's like I never even spent that money Mm -hmm. and that was that was learned through my journey as a Christian. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that I got from Christianity, including cutting off people and shifting those relationships that I was in, mm-hmm. was necessary. Those people needed to go because even in my spiritual journey, those people weren't good for me. Mm. So I learned a lot from my uh, about spirituality from my walk as a Christian and I have no regrets yeah yeah so tell us a little bit about the turning point your first awakening that you'd experienced on your spiritual journey so that you 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 came to know Christ at 19 from that time frame up until you actually awaken into spirituality What was that transition period like? Um, It was hard at first. Mm -hmm. It was hard at first because I was so used to going to Christ for everything. And I didn't know me. I didn't know myself. I didn't know my own power. And I learned... (laughs) within my journey that 
the reason why Christ said, I'll, I'll leave y'all with this. You can ask for anything in my name is because people don't believe in themselves mm. and they needed somebody else to believe in. And so it was easier to manifest the very things that I can manifest in my own name with my own power by doing so in Jesus name, because that's what I believed in for so long. So it was hard because I had believed in that for so long to transition over to spirituality and just recognize myself, recognize my power, recognize what I had manifested, what I had been manifesting within my life. Mm -hmm. But it was like the turning point for me is when I realized that I had manifested all these things. I started thinking about things like, I remember being in my car, I was driving with my niece and I was in a truck and the truck, the frame broke while we were driving on the expressway. What? Yes. It had a recall on it and I had bought it from a used place and the truck started rocking on <laughs> like rocking, like it wanted to flip, but oh it never flipped. And I just remember just thinking like, oh my gosh, protect me. And like, if that's what it was like, it was like, um, every time the car tipped on one side, it was being pushed back to the other side. So it didn't flip until it just spun around on the expressway facing oncoming traffic. <laughs> and all the cars were going around me as if there was a shield. I can't make this up. And I remember when I thought about this experience, this was probably in 2020, I thought about this experience and I said, I'm a super uh, hero. Like I have superhuman powers uh -huh. because I did that. Because I just remember being so calm. Like, can you imagine being in that experience and I screaming and freaking out? I was just like, breathing and believing that there was like this shield of protection around me and I was like I did that like I thought like it had to be like some angels protecting me or something and I believe that too mm -hmm. I still believe in angels <laughs> yeah even more you so now you called them in in that time like you commanded them and they obeyed your command yes yes it was so it was it was scary, but I remember being so calm and breathing mm -hmm. and just imagining the shield. There was another time <laughs> where I was in the car with some people I wasn't supposed to be around mm -hmm. and the car got shot up and the two people in the backseat got hit. But I remember like I was just balled up and I just remember that's that shield and I was balled up and like I just don't believe that there was no way a bullet could have hit me because right. we were like going on to the expressway and they were shooting at the side of the car where I was and nothing hit me wow and like I think back to times like that and I recognize myself and I'm like Tia you are powerful you have the power to manifest whatever you desire. That was my turning point when I recognized that. That was like my first awakening. So what was the time frame between 19 and how old were you when this, all of these, made? these were some major events that happened. How old were you when that mm -hmm. was taking place? Um, When the car situation happened, I had to be like 21 or 22. Oh, so just a few years, just a couple of yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And I was still a Christian then. Mm -hmm. um, when the situation happened with the shootout, <laughs> I was like 28, I think. And okay. I came into spirituality at 29. Okay, okay. So, so about so a it was year. all a span of like 10 years. and Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, girl. Ooh, that just gave me like chills because, <laughs> you know, I've been into some scary situations too. And 
I've had dreams of being in like a protective bubble. Um, so I know mm-hmm. how real that feeling, that sense of protection is. Um, but to recognize that it comes from you, I don't think I recognize that until in my 30s now. So it's like we go through different levels and I think spirit reveals to us those little moments of, okay, you got this. I'm I'm here when you need me, but you got this, you know? Yes. So, so let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I want to talk about your coaching, um, your practice, your teaching. What encouraged you to start your own practice of teaching and coaching? Well, again, I can go back to my Christian days because I've been manifesting being a teacher or a coach since I was uh, in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I remember just writing that over and over again. I used intention setting with writing and I would write that I was the coach and I would write about my business. I would write about the very business that I am specializing in now. I would write about it and <laughs> I was setting intentions. This is why I say that I didn't realize or recognize back then that I was creating my world even for now. And I've always been told like, you should be a teacher Mm -hmm. because like the elders in the church used to tell me like, you're so wise, like Jeremiah and you, (laughs) and you, you learn so quick and I do. So when I came into spirituality, I started learning quick about shadow work and Mm -hmm. inner child healing, subconscious reprogramming, I started learning all those things very quickly and I wanted to share it with people. And so it all came flowing together. The intentions I was setting back in my early twenties and my desire had not changed of wanting to be a coach and coach other people on how to do their spiritual journey, how to walk their path, find themselves, recognize themselves and practice the same way I had mm-hmm. because it was something that I had to do for myself. And I wanted to share my gifts and my experience and my understandings, my understandings mm-hmm. with other people. Mm-hmm. You answered the next question. That's amazing because I was going to ask you um, what, in what ways have you applied your spirituality to your practice of helping and healing others? So you, you've mm-hmm. done those things yourself. So you, you, have you felt in some ways that when, when you coach someone or you heal someone and they receive that, do you feel that that external validation is necessary or do you feel that, you know, it's, it's innately in you, you know that, but do you feel that the external validation is necessary? When you say external validation, you mean like them telling me that I help yeah. them? Yeah. I love that. Don't get me wrong at all. I love when people tell me that I have helped them, that they have healed because of something I taught, I showed them or taught them, mm-hmm. that they've created something because of something that I've shown them. But I know that I have. Mm-hmm. Even the people that haven't said it, I see all the time where I've done something for someone and I see them shifting years. I know that people are inspired by me on social media and I'll see people kind of following what I do. And I love being a trendsetter. I love being a pioneer. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because that that kind of piques another question um, with the way the the way of the world, our digital world right now, social media, there's a lot of scammers and a lot of fakes out there. Do you think that this trend will kind of subside eventually? Or do you think it's just going to be amplified and people are going to continue to copy? Because I've seen posts of what you've posted about the copycats. Um, and I myself have had my own 
like battles internally and externally with people that I think, you know, may not give you credit where credit is due. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you say about that? Like, what what do you think it's going to be like in the next five to 10 years with social media and people who are inauthentic? And those who are authentic, the pioneers like yourself. Mm. Well, I'm going to start off by saying one thing that I recognized early on in my journey is I'm an inspiration. I'm a muse. Mm -hmm. I am someone who people are going to follow. I was one of the first people. I was the first person to be doing music telepathy. Nobody else does music telepathy, but other people started doing like song messages and posting their songs. And I noticed things like that. And I recognize being an inspiration. So I don't take it as copycatting. I accept it because I know that I'm inspiring. So I have to inspire people. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I know is spirituality is not a trend. People are coming into themselves. People are recognizing themselves. They're identifying with something that is true to their being. And I really appreciate seeing that. I love seeing it. I love seeing people come into this journey and start finding themselves. I think that is beautiful. I actually think that it's really weird for people to be upset that people are coming into spirituality Mm. and calling it, uh, oh, it's a trend. And y'all just use it as a trend and everybody's doing tarot good. Do tarot. (laughs) Pick Mm -hmm. up on your user gifts. Find your gifts. Tarot helps to give a picture to what it is that you already probably have within you. You can't just pick up cards and just read them unless you have a gift to read them. Right. Unless you have a gift to be a psychic and have that ability. So I don't feel like that. You know, people getting into crystals. Oh, now everybody like crystals. Good. <laughs> That's how I see it. Good good. Everybody like crystals now. Oh, now everybody uh, into astrology. Good. We need to know our natal charts. As an astrologist, I find it very important to understand your natal chart beyond the sun sign. Yeah. Now everybody knows their moon and rising. Yes. Good. That is good. (laughs) Oh, I listen this year. I really, I started learning more about astrology last year. Um, my my journey started with supreme mathematics in the in, when my early 20s so that the supreme mathematics introduced me to numerology and i loved mm-hmm. numerology for a while and then i kind of put it to the side and then last year when i actually had my natal chart read i was like man this is dope and so this year i've i've really taken the time to study it and the different aspects of what's happening in the in the sky and where my placements are, I'm like, dang, that's why I feel like that. Damn, you know, yeah. <laughs> or dang, I feel like, oh yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jupiter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it, it's interesting. You say you don't like that people call it a trend. So, I mean, but what about those who, you know, they may come into it and then, they find themselves kind of scared at some point and then they fall back and go back into religion. What do you say about those individuals? Cause those uh-huh. individuals would be the ones to be like, I used to be a witch. I, I practice witchcraft. And then now, you know, it was wrong and I, I'm back to the lights, you know, I'm back with Jesus and stuff like that. <laughs> what do you say about that? <laughs> you know what? Fear is real. And we find that in spirituality, right? Like we are finding our fears of our shadow. We're looking at our shadow and we're like, what is that? What is this? What is that? We waking up with scratches and marks and (laughs) we're like, is a demon attacking me? Or we scared of demons. And it's, it's so many people like that in the spiritual community still. People that may even have not been religious. They're afraid of 
demons. They're afraid of the devil, Satan, Lucifer. They call him Beyonce, a Satanist, and <laughs> because she's dressed as Hawthorne, and they think that it's Baphomet. <laughs> we have so much fear in our generation and in the people that I kind of look at that as those people made a choice. They decided that Christianity was safer for them <laughs> and good. I have to say good because you don't need to be in spirituality if you're not going to learn how to face your fears. You need to you need to be over there in Christianity and go ahead and be scared and do everything in Jesus name and, and let that be be that for you. Mm-hmm. But the people the people in spirituality who come in here and they're afraid, I don't judge them only because I was afraid at one point mm-hmm. when I didn't know my shadow. I was scared of everything. I was chicken tea. I was scared of everything that moved. <laughs> Me being a psychic medium, like, I, re- oh my God, I remember <laughs> I was staying in this shelter and the shelter used to be a hospital. So, you know, it was a lot of dead people in there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they they would show up and one time they were all I don't know I'm not gonna say they were all in my room, <laughs> but that's how it seemed. It was so many people, and I'm just looking like, oh my God. <laughs> I was so scared. Mm-hmm. And like they would move stuff, they would touch me, they would pop up and be talking to me. Like, I want to talk to my husband. I'd be like, what? I don't, I don't know your husband. Get, right. <laughs> Get out of here. They, there'd be orbs everywhere. It was the scariest thing. Like, I have fears too. So I don't judge people for coming into spirituality and being afraid. Mm-hmm. You don't, you only know what you know. So and, what did, and, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, until you actually recognize who you are, who you are, you're going to be scared of everything that's unknown to you. So what did you do to overcome those fears? Like when you saw the orbs and you saw the spirits that wanted to communicate with their loved ones and use you as that vessel, what did you do to get over that fear? <laughs> I, sh- I shut it off. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> At first, I was like, uh-uh, I ain't talking to nobody's dead loved ones. Mm-hmm. And I took, like, I used to have psychic mediumship as part of my services. I do not anymore because I don't like that. It's too, <laughs> it's it's too much for me. Mm-hmm. But that was a decision that I, I made that I didn't want to do that. But what helped me with... um being a psychic medium and the fact that still spirits would come to me or be present with me, demons would pop up and all types of stuff, <laughs> like ancestors that I didn't know, all types of things would pop up. And the more that I faced myself and recognized who I was mm-hmm. and recognized my shadow and started facing my shadow, my own demons, I realized that I didn't have anything to be afraid of because it was all within me. And that's something that I've talked about on my page. I've talked about the fact that those demons are yours. They're not outside of yourself. They're not just on a a mission to ruin you and destroy you. It's just that you don't know yourself. So you are afraid of you Mm -hmm. the first person the first thing that most people are afraid of is themselves their own shadow you know um Carl Jung he's the one who discovered the shadow which is the unconscious mind Mm -hmm. and he talked about how the shadow may show up to you as a demon or a monster there's some type of something in your nightmares because you're afraid of it. You're afraid of that side of yourself that you don't know. Mm-hmm. The unconscious is like breathing. It's like you don't you don't think about the fact that you're breathing. I'm not thinking about breathing while I'm talking until I start thinking about breathing when I'm talking. Right. That's the shadow. And so when I started actually facing that, focusing on that, and actually tapping in 
to myself, my fears, those things that come up that shake me, those triggers, Mm -hmm. those offenses, why they're there. Once I started doing that, I stopped being afraid of it because I realized being accountable for it, identifying it is not scary. It's, it, it makes it easier for you to be able to overcome those challenges mm-hmm. and find yourself. That's why I'm able to say that I'm a, a real alchemist, a real magician, because I've started transmuting those things that come up in the shadow mm-hmm. for my benefit to help me to be greater, help me to step out of my comfort zone, step out of my fears, step beyond them. And I haven't had an encounter with a demon since. Like I used to have encounters with demons and demonic entities all the time. Like I was fighting myself. They Mm -hmm. were, they were mine the whole time. And I haven't had an encounter where I'm being scratched up, bruised up at night or things like that since. I haven't had, I used to have that happen all the time, especially as a Christian, like as a Christian, I was really afraid and I really did not see myself at all. Everything was external. Once I realized that everything was me, I guess that's the ultimate answer. Once I realized that everything was me and I'm one with everything, I stopped being afraid because everything is from within. Yeah. So you you also have a background in psychology, right? A degree. Yeah. In psychology. So how have you incorporated the academia portion of your journey with spirituality? Yeah. So like I follow a lot of the work of Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud and people. People are people don't like that either. <laughs> Because people don't like Sigmund Freud or they don't like his nephew who came up with marketing strategies because they feel like it was manipulative and things like that. But I think it all teaches you how to maneuver knowing how um, those portions of the brain work. You can understand how to maneuver in spirituality. I feel like mental health and spiritual health need to be integrated and bridged together, not separate a lot of people are like oh you know those mental illnesses are not real they're very much real they're very much real and the thing is they have a spiritual side too just like everything they're spiritual mental emotional and physical Mm -hmm. so it's very much real it's just a different aspect of it So that's how I kind of do do things in my own journey is I integrate the mental health with the spiritual, with the physical, with the emotional, so that I'm able to bridge them together and how I can help myself better, how I can help the next person better. That's how I recognize the shadow and how to do shadow work, the shadow being the unconscious mind. I talk about that in the authentic self bridging the gap between selves book. It's I break down all the different mindsets, subconscious, unconscious, the ego, Mm -hmm. the higher self, the super conscious. And I bridge them with and, um, and integrate them with, the way that we talk about in the spiritual community, which is the shadow, the inner child, the, or the, the ego as people call it, but that's the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. That is our conscious awareness, the higher self, which is the super conscious and bridging those things together have helped a lot in my practice to coach other people, being able to sit with people and help them to uncover those hidden aspects of the shadow and bring it to the forefront. When you start talking about those things that are hidden in the shadow, in the, in the unconscious mind, it you become conscious to it. It's just like breathing and meditation. Just like I said, unconscious, unconsciously we breathe. We breathe when we're talking. We breathe as we go throughout the day. We're always breathing. We're just not thinking about it. But once we start thinking about it, 
in meditations, we start to be able to control our world. Mm. And that was something that I recognized as well in how I'm actually able to guide people through their journey and through their shadow work. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, my last couple questions are, you do a lot of group rituals. Um, mm-hmm. What has been the most fulfilling in those, you know, when you do those rituals for other people? What, what, what do you find fulfilling in that? And how do you prepare for it? Because that's a lot of work. Mm. My first ritual, I used a lot of candles. And I have so many candles. I love fire magic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was really fun. I was so excited. I made candles. I reiki the herbs. I had so much fun. And I actually recently made a post about this where I was talking about the fact that we don't need any of that stuff. If we know how to use our magic, then we don't need those things. Those things are tangible items that help our subconscious brain in its programming to need to see something tangible. It helps us to believe that the magic is working. So that was really uh, fun. The first time I did it, I had a group chat and <laughs> I had everybody involved in their energy of being excited helps to add to that. So after that, I was like, that was a lot of work. And I don't think I actually need to have everybody be that involved in it. And I also don't need to use those items. I can use alchemy. I'm an alchemist. I can transmute energy. Everybody's excited. So we're transmuting energy. That makes it easier that also makes it more effective. And that is the reward, the effectiveness. So I have methods of alchemy, which um, I won't share those specifically, but <laughs> but I will say I have methods of alchemy that make things happen really quickly, like in a snap of a finger. And I've witnessed this in my own path and I witnessed this with my last ritual um so many people have come and said that they've gotten 2k 9k back from (laughs) from this ritual very quickly and I'm like it actually works faster to do alchemy so the reward was hearing that it's working quickly for people. I love seeing people happy and excited that they're manifesting. I want people to have what I have. I want them to have the experience I'm having of being able to alchemize my life, transmute energy, take energy that I don't like and make it into something that I do like. And I wanted to do that for other people. And I was really happy to do that. And I was really excited. I just did one last night. I was working so hard that I ended up in the astral realms doing work on that ritual. I was working all night in the astral realm. (laughs) I talk about this a lot, that the people that you have in your circle and in your energy can affect your financial prosperity. Mm -hmm. I've had people around me and my money was all dried up like... (laughs) I I remember talking to this boy and him being around, he was helping me with stuff, but he was doing like a bare minimum. And I was just like really turned off from that. But then I I noticed my money was dried up too. And I just was like, I don't know. uh, Let me ask spirit. And spirit was like tower. You got to go. And I was like, yeah, I think that we ain't supposed to talk no more. Mm -hmm. Tell me why the very next day after I did that, I started getting booked up the uh, <laughs> up the you know what it was so many people mm-hmm. and I was just like that is crazy and then I started getting deposits. This has happened frequently throughout my my life, like where I cut people off and then all these abundant things and resources are applied to my life and provisions. And this is why even with my rituals. I have to say, you know, and 
I mean, I've tried to make this disclaimer to people. The ritual isn't going to work if if you have people in a way or you aren't letting certain things go because the ritual itself is going to kick them people out your life because they're in the way. But if you want to hold on to them, then you're just going to make it harder on yourself because then it's not going to work for you. It's not going to do what it's supposed to be doing because there's people that aren't supposed to be there. There's things that aren't supposed to be there. Maybe you're supposed to let go of that job. Maybe not supposed to be working that job anymore. And you're holding on to that job and wanting a ritual to work, but you releasing the job, letting that door close gives you the keys and access to new doors. People think that you're supposed to wait until it's more open doors. Sometimes you got to close them doors and allow new doors to open. Yeah, And that just is what it is. You don't have time to I'm going to see when, once I see, once I see something start to happen, then I'm going to let that go. No, if you let it go, then you'll see. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that is so, oh my gosh, that is so true. That is so true. So my last question is, um, what would be a word of encouragement that you would like to share with our listeners if they are uncertain of where they are on their spiritual journey? Well, um, I encourage everyone to learn themselves, to learn to recognize themselves, to know that this journey is a learning experience. You're constantly unlearning and relearning. You're deprogramming, deconstructing old mindsets and paradigms and patterns. You have to reprogram things that have been with you for years. So don't be hard on yourself during the process of reconstructing your mind, relearning, being challenged with new things, being afraid. Just look at those things and and trust that process. It's a journey, not a destination. That's number one. It's most people are like, I'm trying to get somewhere. This is a journey. You're journeying many versions of yourself. It's not about the destination. It's about your will to shift as you're called to new things. Um, I also recommend getting a mentor someone that you can trust to guide you in this journey, answer questions for you, advise you in areas that you don't understand, someone who can hold space for you and you can feel safe with. You don't have to do this journey alone. It's not necessary to be by yourself. Call forth your soul tribe and trust the process of gaining more soul tribe members and insight and experiences with other people. Don't be closed off and just allow this journey to be a process, be a learning experience, be a stepping stone, create goals and milestones and meet them, find different versions of yourself and experience them and enjoy them at each version. Mm-hmm. Don't be mad at your past self. Thank your past self for learning what it is you know now. And that would be my advice. <laughs> I love it. Tia, tell the listeners where they can find you. What's your handles? I am Tia Tierra on all social media platforms. Be careful. If you see an extra eye, that ain't me. <laughs> I do have some impersonators. I have a, a pers- impersonator on Instagram who has like 800 and some followers. <laughs> I find that so funny. Yeah, no, they hit me up. I was like, uh, no, you're not the real one. No. <laughs> <laughs> they hit up so me. They hit up my brother. Like my brother was like, I know that's not you because they didn't even know where you knew me from. <laughs> Mm, mm. But I am Tia Tierra, T-I-A-T-E-A-I-R-E on every social media platform. Um, And I have a link tree. My link tree is Tia Tierra as well. And you can find my books on there, The Authentic Self, The Workbook, which is a shadow workbook, as well as an ebook that guides you through how to bridge the gap between the different versions of yourself within you and within your mind 
I also have a trans a book called Transforming Moon, where I guide you through the moon phases and different prompts on how to manifest during the, the moon phases. And um, I have spiritual consultations where you can sit with me and ask about anything Akashic, your Akashic records and how to access them, your natal chart. You can ask anything questions that you want I know a lot of people have a lot of questions for me I don't have a lot of time to just sit and answer in the inbox Mm -hmm. so you have to book with me (laughs) and I have um, the subconscious and shadow exposure where I actually help you through your shadow work journey I give you activities and prompts and I sit with you on how to basically um, uncover your shadow aspects that are holding you back and how to overcome them. And I actually sit with you and break that down. And other than that, I'm a tarot reader. I do tarot readings, love readings general. And I have, I do have a one-on-one mentorship program as well. So um, that is by actual request. I don't have that available on the website. So you have to inbox me. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Tia, for being on with us today. I'm just so grateful for you. And I'm actually like, I was waiting on this episode because we talked about it earlier this year. And so I'm I'm so excited that you took the time to sit with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so thankful to have been here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yes. Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode on the Meta Spiritualist Podcast. We hope that this episode provides you with clarity, guidance, and comfort on your spiritual path or faith walk. To dial into our frequency, please be sure to follow us on Facebook at The Meta Spiritualist, Twitter at Metaspiritu1, and of course on your favorite podcasting platforms. Also, we'd like to invite you to visit our website at www.themetaspiritualist.com. Right on the homepage, you can listen to the podcast, learn more about our platform, and we will soon have a spiritual shop for all of your metaphysical and spiritual needs. Additionally, you can also subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoy the content being brought to you, feel free to message us at metaspiritualist at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope that you are in peace, harmony, love, and abundance.